TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Agle, and Corey Majors, Mike Bassick. Alec Medford, hopefully not seating his headphones or his microphone to Bobby Belt. Looking at the playoff road ahead, the Cowboys have no excuses left not to make the NFC Championship game, right? 877-881-1053. I feel like whether you want to go back to... 07, 14, 16, whatever your year right. is. Right. It feels like we've had plenty of other conversations like this, and yet we've ended up in the exact same place. But I look at this again. You've won 6,000 home games in a row over the span of almost two complete seasons. I know it's only like 15. But you get a home game this weekend. You get a home game if you win next weekend. It feels as though there's no excuses left. Aaron Rodgers, Corey, is not on the Green Bay Packers anymore. They're playing. I call him a rookie. I know he's in his fourth year, but it's his first year to be a quarterback in the NFL in Jordan Love, a team that barely finished over 500. i am not saying that Green Bay's a bad team, but the way you played at home, undefeated, against a quarterback making his first-ever playoff game – like Green Bay accomplished goals that most people didn't think they would accomplish this year with Jordan Love being their quarterback. They agree with that. They've kind of done their thing this year. Like if they lose to the Cowboys, it's still a successful year for Green Bay that they are now building upon with their new quarterback. That should be I'm not saying a 30-point win, not you know, this isn't college football, but I just look at it and say the Cowboys should win that game and at the last five minutes of the game, I think most Cowboy fans should feel pretty comfortable with where the score is at, that the Cowboys will win that playoff game. Then I'm just going to assume this. Uh, I know you don't know who you're going to play. Let's just say Detroit, who's the three seed wins. If Detroit wins, you play Detroit. The other games don't matter. Well, Jared Goff is not as good as Dak Prescott. There's not Drew Brees in this league anymore, in the NFC. There's not Aaron Rodgers anymore. There's there's just not a great crop of quarterbacks over here. Right. The Cowboys probably have the best quarterback in the NFC. There's not really unbelievably great quarterbacks right now in the NFC. And so I just look at it and go, you have home games, you have the best quarterback. Can we stop yeah, can we stop on the quarterback thing for just yeah. one second? At the absolute worst. Would you say right now Dak is the second best quarterback in the NFC? Right. At the at, at, the, at worst. the worst to okay. Bro- are you saying okay. to Brock Purdy? Yes, yes. Right. And, and so obviously Dak has experience. He lost to Brock Purdy last year in the playoffs. I'm not saying the Cowboys should go to San Francisco and win. It's impossible to go to San Francisco in the divisional round. You get a home game against a lesser opponent. If if it's if it doesn't happen this year, I'm almost resigned to the fact, Corey, it's never going to happen. If if this is 
uh, Lego room, Kevin, then yes, for the next three day, three weeks or so, there's no reason that they shouldn't. But it's not. So anything can happen, right? Like that's something could, that's not going to be awesome. Dak Prescott could something something could happen. Yeah. Randy you know Gregory like, ran, rides a pony so, uh, during a game. Uh, Sam Sam Williams uh, makes a, a knucklehead move that you're just like that costs you the game. Des caught it. Anything can happen. So I agree I, I'm with that, you. I'm with that you when you're this. building this 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 idea of you're in the playoffs now, you you should be in mindset that there's nothing else that should stand in your way. Obstacles will happen though. True. Um but how you how you accept them and overcome them. I mean Kevin, how I, do you think they are at that real quick? Right now? At accepting and overcoming, yes, I think they're better than they've been for a long time. Really good in Arlington, yeah. And I mean, we <laughs> not, not just so good in any other. We city. just watched a team, Kevin, that with all of the adversity that was against them, the whole NCAA was against them. Yet they went out and won okay. the championship last night. The NCAA didn't even punch they them. They dealt with adversity like we've never seen before, and then they won the championship. But that's what I'm saying is like, there's they've. I think they're better at it than they used to be. I think they're better at in-game situations when something goes wrong, finding an answer to the a solution to it quicker. I think they are. Now, there are other occasions where we looked at it and gone, why didn't they stop the Buffalo Bills from running on them then? Well, I think that's one of their big their big problems. And if Green Bay decides they want to run the ball against the, the Cowboys and the Cowboys can't stop it, that's a big, huge problem for them. So I agree with your premise, but I also understand the reality that comes within it. But yeah, man. Everybody in that room should look at it and say, we have the better quarterback. We have the better group of receivers. We have the better defense. We have the better coaching staff for this, for that matter. So being here for over a decade now, I've done the research and it's not like very hard research at all. It's how many times in a row do you make the playoffs or how many times can you make the playoffs in kind of a five-year period? Because a lot of times, and I deal with people I've worked with, people that are up here that just say, and I get people that are listening that would say, it's all about luck. It's just the Cowboys have been unlucky. I don't believe that. And I, I, I do hate that. Like, I completely hate that. As a former athlete, I don't want to believe. And it, I, I've just been in too many games. Yes, sometimes things happen. Sure. A, a bad hop happens or a good hop happens for you. And, and it causes a, a change in the game. I totally get that. But the more times that you're consistently in the playoffs, then it'll be on your side. And the Cowboys, for a long time, never make the playoffs. Never make it back-to-back. So when you're relying on luck and you're only making the playoffs about 40% of the time, so out of a 10-year period, you make it four out of 10 times, I would say good luck with the luck factor being on your side. But this is the Cowboys' third year in a row to make the playoffs. This never happens. The last time it happened, and I misspoke uh, if you listened to me either yesterday or Friday, Barry Switzer did do it three times in a yeah. row. So when I said, you know, nobody's done it since Jimmy, but I forget 94, 95, 96, uh, Barry does it with Jer- with Jimmy's team and then gets fired the next year going six and 10 is this is the first time in forever since Barry Switzer that the Cowboys have made the playoffs three years in a row. You start dealing with your team has playoff success it has playoff failure they know how to deal with that they know how to deal with adversity within a playoff game and so I do think that the Cowboys because they're now consistently in the playoffs the way that Aaron Rodgers always was anyway I'm not a big Russell Wilson fan but I remember doing this Russell Wilson I believe in eight of his nine first years 
I just, that might be a weird way to say it. But in his nine first years in the NFL, I think he made the playoffs eight out of nine years. Yeah. He only missed the playoffs one time. So, yeah, eventually if you're in the playoffs every year, there's going to be a ball that bounces against you. But if you're asking for the ball to bounce for you and you only make the playoffs one out of three years, you're probably not going to get that lucky. And I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to make it to the NFC Championship based off of luck, but for the first time in a lot of people's lifetime that are listening to us right now, the Cowboys have made the playoffs three years in a row, and they're in a favorable situation. And they will be a heavy favorite next week, assuming they win, if they can win, because you're a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Green Bay. So... If you win, your next three possible options would be the Lions. Clearly, we're all familiar with what happened at Lions game, but you'll be probably, my guess would be a five-ish point favorite. If you play the Bucks, you'll be a plus touchdown favorite. If you play the Eagles, the way it's going now, I, I think, again, yeah. you might be a six, seven, eight-point favorite. Yeah. You'll be a heavy favorite in these games. That's not to say that that guarantees you'll win because I think you'd be a pretty sizable underdog in the NFC Championship game, and that doesn't mean that you'll definitely lose. It just – Nick Eatman wrote a column on DallasCowboys.com, and it said why this run to the playoff feels different. Does it – do you – before you you dive into it, does it feel different to you? Because it does to me. I think it does because it's not a one-off. You can see how we got here, right? So, like, hear me out. Because I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I did feel this way in 2007 or honestly maybe in the 2008 season. I know clearly that didn't end up the way anybody hoped. How'd but that go? We didn't even make the playoffs. Is You saw the heartbreak in 2006 with the snap. You saw you should have won in 2007. And then in 2008, I was like, okay, I've seen the progression to this. But what have you seen since then? Because I know everyone says, oh, you haven't been there in 28 years. I get that. But, like, there's individual pockets in there that matter, right? You got there in 2014. Well, your quarterback fundamentally changed who he was in 2014. And it didn't work out. How did you follow up? Nothing. 2016, whole new group. You didn't win. How did you follow it up? Nothing. So, like, you have not seen any sustained level of success. I can look at it right now and be like, oh, yeah, they weren't as good as the 49ers two years ago. They weren't as good as the 49ers last year. I still don't think they're as good as the 49ers, but I can see the progression of this team, and that's why I do think it feels different. Yeah, uh, a lot of what what both of y'all are saying is you got there, and then the next time you got there, by the next time you got there, most of your team had changed. Like, and this team is pretty much the same group that's been there for three years now, building and trying to get to something and, and knowing what their errors were along the way and where they misstepped and what they got to do differently. Watching, I really do love the the Dak Prescott, look, this hat doesn't mean anything. Like, that's that's not, I I loved it when Dirk did it. When Dirk threw the, the Western Conference trophy into the laundry and was like, we got one of those. I yeah. loved that because they're, the focus is different. The, the way you encounter your week is different. The way you – I mean, I'm, Mike, you're talking about Jordan Love and how good he is and everything, and I, I do agree how he's been exceptional. This is his first playoff uh, appearance, and remember Dak's first playoff appearance. Now, maybe he goes out there and lights it up, but Dak Prescott has playoff experience to draw from. He knows how to prepare for this. 
Jordan Love's going to have to experience this for the first time. Find the bathroom for the first time, probably. You know, stuff like that. There are, there are things that he's going to experience. So that's step one. And then I have no clue. Like next, Step two could be something totally different. Than we're, we're expecting the Lions, right? Fair. It could be, it could be something we, we don't even expect out of nowhere. You could get Philly again. You could get Tampa. I don't know. But I, but I agree with you, you in have, that. If that happens, which it could, if uh, L.A. wins, the Rams beat you would play a worse opponent in the divisional round than the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion. Yeah. I could see that. Philly's playing awful. Tampa's not good. Yeah. And but go ahead. Keep I, going. I am going to stick with the mindset of, or the this idea that I have going around that, you know, Bochi just did it. He, he beat the Rangers in the World Series, right? He kept us from getting our goal. Mike McCarthy has kept the Cowboys from getting their goal as a Green Bay Packers coach. And now he's the Cowboys coach. Maybe he can do it too. Maybe he can follow in Bochi's footsteps and get the Cowboys with their ultimate prize. I keep seeing I keep seeing these numbers that I mean, I guess that's true. It feels a little disingenuous to saying Mike McCarthy is the first Cowboys coach ever to win twelve or more games in three straight seasons. Sure. Because Jimmy Johnson left slash got fired. He would have done it. Tom Landry for a whole chunk of his career. The season was only 14 games. So I don't I don't necessarily think like that's as much of a benchmark, but it does show that you have been a a quality team whatsoever. And by the way, from the 214, if you don't think it feels different, that's fine. Then get too. out of here. Every well, oh, I was not gonna say that. Oh my my bad. I that's thought. that's fine too. I have no beef with anybody who thinks. I won't believe it till it gets to the NFC Championship game or till they win the Super Bowl. That's fine. I love the Cowboys. I think they're going to win this week. I think they're going to win next week. And then I think they're going to lose in the NFC Championship game. If I had to predict right now, that's what I would say is going to happen. But it's fine if you don't feel that way. I mean, the thing that is the major difference for me is there's not elite quarterbacks in the NFC. You don't have to play Lamar Jackson. You don't have to play Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to play Josh Allen. You don't have to play. I know Joe Burrow's hurt, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs. But you literally, if you start going down the list of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that you don't want to play in a playoff game because they could, like in 2016, they could Aaron Rodgers you, where you feel like, how did he just complete that pass? I'm sorry I'm forgetting the tight end. He threw it to. Jared Cook. Yeah, like, how did he do that? Like, that's. There's one person in the whole NFL that could have done that in that moment, in that situation, and it was Aaron Rodgers. And he was the best quarterback in the NFC then. It didn't mean that they won the Super Bowl or anything, but you don't have that situation. Brock Purdy's not that. He's good. Brock Purdy does his job as well as you can do it with the team that he has. But you have a situation where – this is a weak NFC right now. There's not a super dominant team. Maybe I'm wrong about San Francisco, and I'm not saying I'm with you. I think the Cowboys lose by double digits in San Francisco if they make it to that point. But you never know. I'm not saying you try to do this or this is what you want. Last year, the Eagles hit Brock Purdy's elbow and the game ended. If you if you try to sack Brock Purdy and yeah. you accidentally hurt him, yeah. You just won the NFC Championship game. It ha- Guess what? It's the other way, too. If all of a sudden I'm not rooting for this or wanting this so people don't post this and clip it, but if Dak Prescott were to get hurt in the first quarter of the Green Bay game and you have to go with Cooper Rush, that changes everything of that game. And so then it's like, oh, I can't believe you lost to Green Bay at home. Well, guess what? Dak Prescott, who's probably going to finish second in MVP yes. voting this year, couldn't play the majority of the game because 
he got hit in a way that that took him out of the game and you had to play a backup quarterback in a playoff game which was very tough to win because it's not like right now Cooper Rush is getting a lot of reps right now today to get ready for the Green Bay Packers yeah uh, I, I'm excited look I'm very excited to see how it plays out I will say I understand the skepticism from the other side it's easy to I would like to address somebody on the fan text oh. Kevin from the 408 hello friends big James here first time listener shout out to my friend Thomas for referring me Oh, that's nice. Hey, refer your friends. Tell them to head this way. Uh, go down the dial to 105.3 The Fan or, you know, on your digital social apps or whatever. You know, yeah. we got all sorts of stuff. Check us out, man. Hear the show that you'll hear in another station three days. Or just hear the show that you'll love oh, okay. for the rest my, of your my life. My bad, my bad. Or right. until we all break up. We're the KNC Masterpiece. Holy cow, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next. Any given Saturday, national champions are crowned, and this is why you don't help out a rival. Mm. We'll talk about it next right here on The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Has time. Launches downfield. Wide open. And he overshot Odunze. The play they needed to turn this around. Just overthrown. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. It's time for any given Saturday. We will talk about that national championship game as well as another. We bring in Carter Freeman for this discussion. We were just kicking this around off air. Is it okay to say Penix is really good? Yesterday, he did not play well, but also he was getting harassed for most of the night. Can all of those things be accurate? Yes, and one thing watching that game last night, I thought the most impressive thing was that Michigan was able to get as much pressure as they were able to without blitzing. And they were able to get to Penix early in that game, and I think that threw him off for pretty much the entirety of that game. I, I know we played the specific, the specific, not specific, the specific <laughs> overthrow right there, shut up, is... There were, there were a few like that. I'm sure he had some conversations with his offensive line as well, where he's like, what the F, dude? Was there a point in this game when you thought, 
Washington has been in a spot kind of like this before. They'll make their way back. Or did you think, yeah, I know it's a 7, 10-ish point game, but this has breakaway written all over it. I really thought Washington had a shot up until Michigan scored to go up by 14 about midway through the fourth quarter because, you know, Washington scores at the end of the second quarter to make it a seven-point game. They get the ball coming out to start the third, so I'm like, all right, if, you know, this is it. If they are going to make this a game, this is a time where they'll march down the field and tie it. And then, of course, Penix immediately throws an interception on the first play. So even after that, Washington's defense played their hearts out. Yeah. I mean, they kept that a one-score game for an extra 15 minutes longer than it probably could have been. But once Michigan scored that second touchdown to go up by double digits, I was like, I don't think they have it in them. And as Corey brought up, all the world rejoiced because of all the adversity Michigan had to overcome. Yeah, it was, so much. it was the, uh, I think, I don't know if they did it as much last night, but it was in the Alabama game where they were just like, oh my gosh, the adver- everything was about the adversity and how J.J. McCarthy had led them through it all and how everything... Even though I, what huh. adversity they haven't even gotten punished by the NCAA. Yeah, yeah. not not yet. I, I joked with my friends after the game was over. I'm like, how quickly does this win get vacated? I do. I do. Oh my god. I do kind of feel hmm, a little bad for Harbaugh that, and and this is this is kind of this is dumb because it was from the the NCAA that he got suspended that he gets a championship season and had to miss games and he wasn't there for those moments and that's. Like that's part of the fun. Uh, I know there's, like, we look at this, there's a big business of it all, but just like coming into work every day, you want to build something with the people you work with, and he missed part of it. Uh, so it, it stinks, and it was you know, self-imposed, but whatever. Yeah, but he was there during the practices during the week. Yeah. It was only on game day he couldn't be there. Yeah. And I, I the, it ended up with him winning a national championship, and I'm sure yep. if he had to do it all over again, I'm he would not mind sitting out those six. I'd games. rather be there and lose those lose the championship. No, no, uh, he may, wouldn't. He maybe Kellen DeBoer would. would say that. Probably not Harbaugh. <laughs> well, I could see that. Is is it disappointing for the NCAA the order in which these games happen? Because you brought up that maybe you didn't love yesterday's game. Everybody universally praised both the semifinal games were awesome. And then you get to the game last night where Washington's fighting and scratching and clawing, but it feels apparent for most, if not all the night, that Michigan is the better team. I'm assuming the NCAA has to be disappointed with the way this game played out. Yeah. Not who won, but just the competitiveness. Well, I don't know. With all the Michigan cheating, maybe they did want Washington to win, but... The, this is how it usually goes, and I really did think this was the first year we'd get three really, really good games, and you know, the, the game was close for much of it, but it was a sloppy game more than it was a close competitive game like we've been talking about, so probably a little disappointed, but still better than 65-10 or 7, whatever the score was last year with TCU. TCU. I mean, all it really tells me is that Georgia should have been there. That, that would have been a more competitive game. Okay, Twitter. That's well, that's all it all tells I me. saw last night. Do you, do you disagree? I think they picked the right four teams. Okay. My main question is: Is Penix coming back for a seventh year? <laughs> <laughs> Apply I for that waiver. That is your main question. What do you think about? Because you've seen at least the last two games, if not more. What do you think about Penix as a prospect? Backup quarterback. Oh, but a good one. Because he's good projected right now by some. As a first round, pick. you're disappointed with. I'm look. I am no, I'm too. Not no, 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 no. With Trevor Lawrence, 
Yes, agreed. They were recruited at the same time. They were in <laughs> high. They were seniors in high school at the same time. That is super weird. Like that's where he's at in his career. That is super. Is weird. that they were seniors in high school the same year? So when and he's had two major injuries, he decided on was it Indiana or Rutgers? Wherever he, he was at to. Indiana for four years. Yeah. So when he decided this. on I'm going to go to Indiana, that's the same time that Trevor Lawrence decided he was going to go to Clemson. So I'm not saying look, people have stupidly drafted. Uh, Chris Winkie, who was 46 years old at Florida State. We could bring up Sarge. And he was horrible, like in pros. I'm not saying that Michael Penix would be horrible. I would, I would, he's 24 years old and he's only played against kids. And so now he has to play against adults for the first time in his life. That would worry me that why weren't you good at quarterbacking and really good at it at 20, 21, 22, when you were the same age as the kids you were competing against? As soon as you became, and just think about it, when you watch, see, you covered high school. Yeah. I know it's a little bit different, right? The older sure. you get, the closer sure. the age becomes not as big of a difference. But when you watch an 18-year-old compete against 15-year-olds, you're it's like, different. well, this isn't really yeah. that fair right yeah. now. and. So I'm not I'm not against Michael Penix. I mean, he has a weird throwing motion, but I'm not. I don't think he is a premium starting quarterback in the NFL. I think you draft him in the second round, and you say, hey, if the situation presents itself, I think we have a good backup quarterback who could surprise us. I would have thought you'd have supported him from the natural lefty solidarity. Um. I think Jake Diekman would support him because they both throw at the same angle. That is true. They do have that. (laughs) The three. (laughs) Yeah, that low throw right there. Not quite submarine, but it's like in between. No, he's not bad. He's a good good quarterback, and he might get drafted in the first round. I don't think it would be early in the first round, but I, I... I'm not in love with the way he throws, and sure. I think when you're a pusher and not a thrower, I think that becomes an issue in the NFL. The only person that I've seen being very successful pushing a football is Phillip Rivers. And one thing I want to say about Penix, too, is you talk about him, why wasn't he good when he was 19, 20, 21? I think he was, because you look at the Indiana teams he was on in those his early years in college, that's the best Indiana's been in the last 30 years. I mean, you don't think of Indiana as anything in football. And since he left, they've been awful. They just fired their head coach after last season. So their best stretch of football in my lifetime was with him at quarterback. He just kept getting hurt. I would rather draft him than the Michigan quarterback. That's what I was going to ask next. I'm like, who would you rather have between those two? I don't think that guy should play a game in the NFL. I think he's a day three pick. The way he looks right now. I don't care if he's the best quarterback in Michigan history. Is that where history. he's projected, though? No, he's people yeah. are taking him. Uh, I think Kuyper, they flashed the graphic last night during second the game. Rounder? He's his fifth-rated quarterback in this draft. Which could be a second-rounder. We'll yeah, at the, at the very yeah. least. I don't agree with that at all. Ooh, yeah. That, Solid that's... 140 passing yards he had last night. That is kind of, Well, I mean. He's a great leader, though. Yeah, he's came, le- over you know overcame a lot of adversity. He, uh, Not many he, people do that. He, um, but also their team ran for 174 yeah. yards in the first, in the first quarter. quarter he, yeah. good, he handled the, the game ball flow off call for that. Is what you're saying? Yeah. The game call. The game flow was you don't. We don't need to throw it too much, buddy. Well, there were stretches in that game where they were up and they were running them all over Washington. And Harbaugh and Sharon Moore, Michigan's offensive coordinator, were calling passes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Run this dude's not a great passer right now, and you are steamrolling them on the ground. Keep doing it. Corey, when is the last time that you've thought about Kevin Smith, the defensive back? Um, Every time I tell the story about shaking his hand and how I thought I was holding a dead fish, 
uh, because oh. his hands are his moneymaker. So he didn't want some. A lot of times, Mike, you probably deal with this. Guys are trying to show you how much of a man they are by squeezing your hand. Gaylord and he, Perry. And he was just like. <laughs> <laughs> He was just kind of, hey, here's my hand. Nice to meet you. It was at a gas station while we were looking for a, for a Halloween haunted house. What? He, you could just say haunted house is fine. A haunted house for Halloween. Is Kevin Smith is one of the, or will be one of the newest inductees to the College Football Hall of Fame. Along with, and this is just weird when you think not all of these people played at the same time. It includes work done. Larry Fitzgerald, Toby Gerhardt, Kevin Smith, Danny Woodhead, Tim Couch, and Justin Blackman. Man, I thought Justin Blackman was going to be awesome in the NFL, but then he's the person responsible for me learning the term extreme DUI. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. That's when it's more than three times the legal limit. He did that at least twice. Yeah, that's all I remember about him. But seeing his name on that list of College Football Hall of Fame inductees, I'm like, man, I... I remember watching him when I was in high school. Exactly. So He's soon amazing. enough, it's going to be kids who played in the college football playoff, right? Which the, this only started 10 years ago. Yes. So you're going to see like the A.J. McCarrens or the uh, Julio Joneses of the world get into this. Let's go to cut number 15 if we can, because as I'm sure you're all familiar, this was not the only national championship game of the past couple of days. Davis to the edge, 22 across the goal. And SDSU strikes first in Frisco. Now, this game took place in Frisco on the day of the regular season NFL Like, where finale. we're going to be Friday for Buffalo Wild Wings. Man, Buffalo Wild look Wings. at that cross-promotion right there. By the way, Miller Lite has a pair of Dallas Cowboys playoff tickets to give away, but you got to be there to sign up. All right? So, Friday. For this game? For this upcoming game. On Sunday? Yes. At- you don't got to stay there, but you got to be there. <laughs> That's actually true. You don't have to stay there, but that does make you actually don't have to be there. I mean, you can get the tickets and not go. I wouldn't, but I, yeah, I would want to go if I won the tickets. But my question for y'all is, is the lesson learned from this never help a rival? So South Dakota state played Montana in the, the whole state. huh? Yes. The whole state in the FCS championship, Montana, couldn't raise enough money to take its marching band to the national championship game. Very sad here. Montana State, they decided to step up. They donated $3,000. Is your question, how could all of the Montana marching band as a whole not come up with $3,000? That's a valid question. I don't have a good answer for you. But Montana State came up with the money, sent them to the championship where their team proceeded to score three points. Is the lesson here... Don't help a rival school. Um, yes, that is what I will take is from that lesson that you just Who's gave. Who's Montana Kevin. State's rival? Montana. Montana. They're yeah. in-state rivals, Mike. It's an in-state. It's too far it's to be a rival with song, anybody else. That was one of the rivalries I quizzed you on at Peaceathon. <laughs> it's the brawl of the wild. They should be friends. There's not many people in Montana. A lot of animals. It's true. Yeah. Well, and I think it is. Here's my, this is my life dream. They need to defend each other against bears. To retire, <laughs> move to Montana, and raise buffalo. Because the government pays you to raise buffalo. And it's very easy to stand there and look on the patio. You mean bison? 
okay, sure, whatever. Um, no, he's going to raise buffalo. I don't have to care. All I need him to do is eat the grass, and then the government pays me. So give you nickels. And yeah, they eat the buffalo grass, if you will. And then so I just kind of hang out, and that's, that's my goal. That's your dream. So ma- yeah, when I was in oh, Montana, dude, you wake up in the morning, you go, "Yep, they're still there," and then you go do something else. I that's called my the, buddy Willie. Used to I called that. the buffalo bisons Tatanka. The wrestler just, from the '90s? No, because of Dances with Wolves. Oh, okay. Oh. So I think you should you, you should say that instead. Hey, uh, Kevin, I did find out from the Twolos and Tolos uh, that today is Justin Blackman's birthday. He is 34 years old today. So, um, happy birthday. He I played at Oklahoma State. Was amazing. He was. Then went off to co- uh, to the NFL, had some situations. Are you better? Oh, yeah. Wow, it's his birthday, dude. Yeah. Happy that's, birthday. That's how you do I hope it, you celebrate it? by getting a designated Don't driver. Don't you only bring up the people if he's better or not on their birthday? Have you? Like Valid. you don't just bring up random That's people. It's their birthday. That's a good point, hey Mike. Carter, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> That's Man, that is a great point. Mike is ready to go today. Thank you, as always, Carter. We appreciate you very much. Good I'm sir. really sad there's no more college football till uh, August 18th. You're allowed to bring Carter in for others. I can't talk to you guys for, I think, 228 more days. That's when the 2024 season starts with all the directional schools playing in week zero. Yeah, man, this person's brain is going to be exploded. They have two colleges in Montana. I bet there's even more. I couldn't tell you what they were, but I bet there is. <sighs> I bet it's there's northeastern Montana. There's probably northwestern Montana. Okay. There's east Montana. Montana Tech. Gonzaga. (laughs) That's what I think. Mike, I know where Gonzaga is now. (laughs) We're the KNC masterpiece right here. It's on the the beautiful beaches. (laughs) On 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassick. So, new TV contract, more money for Rangers pitchers. Next. KNC masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, it's time for some baseball nuggets with Mike Passer. All right, first baseball nugget tonight here, 4131 North Central Expressway. The World Series trophy will be here for you, the Tolo, to take Mm. a picture with. You can also, I assume, take your picture with utility infielder and outfielder Josh Smith from LSU. <laughs> and Josh Spores with scream practice right now, as he calls it. Uh, the setup man, closer of the World Series from parts unknown because I don't know what college he went to. But those two guys, the two Joshes, and the World Series trophy will be here in our building at 6 p.m. Uh, downstairs, and it'll be a really fun time. Jared Sandler will be there. Uh, some of us will be there. I can't be there. My son has a freshman basketball game at Nolan Catholic uh, High School oh, in Fort Worth. So I'll be there uh, watching all of the action between Bishop Lynch and Nolan. So uh, try to get here. It'd be really, it's really cool to see the trophy uh, in person and you can get a picture with it and it'll be awesome. Now let's talk about our Texas Rangers in the off season. And you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about last night. I'm thinking about Yogi Berra. And one of his sayings is, it gets late early. And that's how I feel about this offseason. We're almost to spring training, and 80% of free agents are still out there unsigned. Tons of them are out there unsigned. Only 20%, it feels like, of free agents have actually signed a contract to be on a team this upcoming season. And at this point... 
for all of these teams, Yogi Berra style, it's getting late, early. It's, it's time to make a move or to say this is our team. And I'm not just talking about the Texas Rangers. I'm talking about all of these teams that supposedly are talking to, whether it's Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Josh Hader, go down the list of Jordan Hicks or Stevenson, who we like for Tampa Bay as a, as a possible late-inning relief guy. I don't know what the Rangers are going to do, but there's not much time to do it. The, but nobody else is talking to him too. Those guys. That's what it feels right. like. And that's, so that's why, that's, and that's why I feel like maybe there is more time. Yeah, I, I might. Be, Chris Young is the one playing this game, and he just won a damn World Series. Yeah. So I have nothing to say there. But I agree with you, Mike. I want it to happen quickly. But they also have less. Do they have less holes to fill than they did last year? You feel like? I, yeah, I'd say so. After you lose, was it ninety four games in twenty two? Yeah, and you just looked like, oh no, yeah, like you're hoping Josh Young can be a third baseman, but you're not sure because the last off season the Rangers were even looking for a kind of utility third baseman just in case Josh Young got off to a rough start. That they or had didn't a, stay healthy again, right, right? That they had a backup plan as a veteran guy who could give Josh Young more time in the minor leagues if he needed it. That obviously didn't happen. He made the All Star team, yeah, yeah. But like there, yes, to your point, there were a lot more questions last year. You have questions right now in your starting rotation for the first three months of the season, and then and you'll see pin. you'll see what you get in the second half. What healthy guys, whether it's Malley whether it's Scherzer, DeGrom, you have three guys that you're hoping at some point after the All-Star break come into your rotation. Well, you know what they say. It gets late, it gets late early. Yeah, I like Whoa. that saying. All right, so He's got some good ones. Here is – well, let me, let me do this real quick. So I think everybody's seeing this. I don't know how 100% official it is. Like, I don't know if contracts are signed, but it looks like the Rangers and Bally's have come to an agreement on a contract for next year. So it looks like the games will be on Bally's, whether you're for that or against that. I'm not having that conversation. But it looks like Bally's and the Rangers are coming to an agreement on a one-year deal to broadcast the Ranger games, which is a good thing that the Rangers look like they know what they're getting from a TV deal in 2024. Obviously, as far as I know, they have no clue what they're getting from 2025 and beyond. I I believe this is just a one-year deal. Uh, And then... They're going to have to hopefully during the season figure out what's going to happen with the future Rangers broadcast because a lot of the money, not all, but a lot of the money that you have as an organization is brought in by your local TV product. Yep. And so to not know what your local TV product is going to give you, as in the money, is a very tough place for the Rangers to be in. But it looks like somewhere between – 90 to maybe up to a hundred million dollars somewhere in that range it sounds like is going to be the contract i'm all right and let's stop on that for just one second like let's say it's 90 million for now just for this one season you might be like oh 90 million dollars that's a lot of money great for one year but going beyond your tv contract was going to be 110 million dollars per year for 30 or 31 yeah yeah, it was like another seven years so what if now the new normal for them is you're going to have $20 million less every single year? I'm not saying it's going to be exactly this, but that's in the neighborhood of what Jordan Montgomery is going to make. Maybe it's yeah. going to be like $25 million, but like you're losing 
a big chunk of the money you would have used to pay Jordan Montgomery right. or whoever else. Right. So, I mean, you can look at it, yes, they got 90, or you can look at it as they lost 20. Yes. Right? There's there's two ways to look at this if if the number is and uh, I can exactly see both of them yeah. being the way they feel right now. So this is from ESPN.com. They've graded everybody's offseason so far, obviously, with still a lot left to do, as in, who knows, the Rangers might do absolutely nothing else. I think they'll do more, but right now they're having to give a grade as it is January 9th. We are literally February 13th, I think, is when the Rangers pitchers and catchers report to spring training. Is It says here, at the start of the offseason, the belief and hope was the Rangers would go all in to defend their championship. Bringing back Montgomery felt like the perfect fit given his performance and the team's needs for a durable starting pitcher. An even more acute need after it was announced that Max Scherzer had back surgery and will miss the start of the 24 season. The bullpen got hot in October, but was still a weakness in the regular season. So haters seem like another possibility. Instead, the moves have been minimal signings of relievers, Kirby Yates and starter Tyler Malley. Uh, and I'm, I know it looks different. Just so you know, it is Malley is the way you pronounce M A H L E. I'm horrible with pronounce pronunciations, but it is uh-huh. Malley when you're looking at his name but he has a backloaded two-year deal since he's coming off of tommy john surgery and will not be ready for the upcoming season it says one thing to do the rangers paid a minimal 1.8 million competitive balance tax for the 2023 season the first time they've gone over that threshold so it says here managing partner ray davis from the dallas morning news isn't keen to start above the threshold in 2024 the Rangers are about, this is concerning, if that's the case, if Ray Davis doesn't want to go over, and I understand, but it says the Rangers are about $4 million under, so they might very well be done spending. I Now, that's, who knows? Yeah. But that gives you an idea. This gives you the real thing of where the Rangers are at spending. They are pretty up there in yeah. spending right now, so if you sign... Montgomery or Hader, or you make a trade for Dylan Cease, you do start paying a luxury tax. Yeah, I look, I understand the logic of why you wouldn't want to go into that, but I also am like, you just won the World Series. Like, you're going to have a huge influx of attendance this year. Let's go defend the title. And plenty of time because you just won the World Series. You'd never won one, and people still showed up. Yeah. Now you've won one, and you have plenty of time. I guess this is where you you look at from y'all's perspective, and I totally get it, is do you say, all right, if I give Montgomery five years, $125 million, so that's easy math, $25 million a year, do I look at it and go, well, Evaldi's coming off of the books, you know, two years from now, um, John Gray's coming off the books. I'm just, I'm throwing out things as this is the conversations on this doesn't look good for 2024 to immediately go 20 million over this to start having to pay uh, some luxury tax. But if we sign Montgomery, how much money is coming off of the books? But then you're just saying that money's just coming off the books. Not that we are now reinvesting that 15 million of John Gray back into whether it's John Gray or somebody else or Evaldi's contract is approximately 18 million a year I think yeah like so I don't know what the Rangers future holds if I'm if this is me Kevin if I'm Chris Young I won my World Series I kind of did have to pay some things to get it there it was a combination of things that moves I'd made and paying some players that I needed 
I would say now is the time because I have won the World Series. Make another run at it this year. Do that for sure. Try and get it back-to-back World Series. That would be amazing. But I also have to start looking five years down the road in my future. And I have a lot of my core together, but I don't have the core of prospects that can start pitching for me yeah. without having to spend that money. So I And I also, Mike, you've said this before, you also have to start acting like a winner. You can't act like a like a bottom feeder now that you've done this. You still need to lead from the front, and that's what that is something they should do. But I am saying you got to you. They still have to build from here. So I have a five year plan that I'm going to try and execute. I just bought myself those five years by winning a World Series. Could you convince the MLPA to let us just do a first half contract since we have all these <laughs> since we have all these pitchers coming back at the break? Unfortunately, wouldn't that be it's the opposite. Clayton Kershaw, because he's still a really good pitcher. He's not the Clayton Kershaw anymore, but a really good pitcher. If he was healthy for your first half and then you pass the ball to yes! Max Scherzer for the second half, that would make a lot of sense. But he is a guy that I don't think Clayton Kershaw would be ready for the start of the season either. So then if you signed Ker- if you signed Kershaw, you'd be hoping you would be getting good results in June, July, or August for his uh, shoulder getting better. I will agree. If they were out on Montgomery before, I don't want them to say, well, now we got injuries and whatnot. Let's go get them. Yeah, now. this does go to show. Last thing, I'm sorry, is Corey just made a great point. You have to start developing your own yep. pitchers because pitching costs so much money when you don't develop them. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.